would wait for. We would wait. Yeah, until Taylor said? got here. I thought we were going to wait till Taylor got here. Well, he sometimes shows up later. I know, but then late. So we got to do a pre-show. Welcome to the pre-show, everybody. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we're going to what we're going to do on the show. Dave's here. It's always Hi. A great, it's always a great Sunday. No technical difficulties this week. Yeah, right, motherfucker. Oh man, I got an extra long weekend. I got two more days off. Last week was shit. Do we uh, want to talk about D and D? Oh, we can. I know we we can do whatever the fuck we want. We can sit here and just fucking. Yeah, we could talk about talk D&D about whatever the hell we want. Like, you know the OGL to. and everything. Yeah, dude, it's some deep shit, man. I'd love to get some some folks in talking about that on the chat who are. In I, the I'm OGL, probably so. I'm probably not the best person to talk about it. I do. Well, know Well, I got that... the news, but yeah, I'm not the best person to talk about it either. There are some people out there who are just really offended, you know, by this move, and I get it. But like at this point, it seems like Wizards like sort of reneged on it a, a lot, you know. Well, it was the the. The, the purpose of the OGL, the original OGL as it stands, was it was supposed to stand in... in you don't even pituitary. remember. In, in pituitary. That's not... You mean in... Pe- in <laughs> in perpetual. Perpetual. <laughs> Say it again. Try one more time. Per- per- <laughs> perpetual. <laughs> no, I want you to try it again. Perpetuity. Perpetuity. <laughs> Oh, no DC this week. We do have some Star Trek comics news, some Archie comics. Because, like, the guy who they got the guy who did the or who was part of like the original. Let's talk about it during the news. Let's talk about during the news. This is just where we talk about what we're going to talk about in the news. So, if you want to talk about the OGL debacle, yeah, we'll dig into it. Riverdale, (laughs) you know, Archie stuff. Mark Millar has some news, and then like three quick D or uh. Marvel Comics quit hits. No DC oh. this week. No DC. Well, a couple a couple food news and then uh, top three. Mm, sounds sound like good? a plan. Anything else you want to add to the list here? Uh, anything? I, I do have one thing. Uh-oh. I haven't finished reading it yet, but I did get Uh-oh. that Head Wounds book. Well, you can talk about that in the. I haven't. I haven't finished reading in the it, segment so. one because I don't know what that is. Okay. What is that? That's that uh, I, Oscar Isaac's Kickstarter book for Legendary Comics. Oh, I vaguely remember that now that you bring it up. Okay. It okay. arrived yesterday. Okay. So okay. I haven't. It's, it's, it's a big collection. Andy's got volume. nothing. Yeah. It's been a weird week, dude. It's January is weird. January is weird. We're going to get some, some stuff. February always kicks things back up. You know, spring is on the horizon. So uh, awesome. Still waiting on. Taylor. Taylor to show up. There's no news that he isn't going to be here, but Taylor. Uh, you weren't here for comics last week. You did read Trojan, though. Not bad. I uh, have not gotten. I have not gotten a copy about of that. that. I thought you did get a copy. I, I was supposed to get. A copy. It's an AWA book, so it's, it's right supposed up your to be, alley, bro. It's supposed to be pull, on my pull list. It's right up your alley, and I didn't get a copy of it because I, I have mean, gone back through like the, the last book, three weeks of comics. Like was books, made for you, and I have not found it. So it's either like the shop didn't get it. Or I'll have to go to another shop and get it. Uh-oh. Traitor. Traitor. Not a traitor. I just want a goddamn comic book. <laughs> no, I will. I, I have, you know, like, you know, the first comic book shop I go to, the second comic book shop I go to, and a third comic mm. book shop I go to. 
I like to go to a lot of different shops too. I haven't been to a comic book shop in quite some some time. My wife usually goes for me because it's several hours away. Well, there's and know, I work. There, there's, there's the comic shop we go to, Comic Comic City, City Two in Madison, Tennessee. And then there is just down the road from it, the Great Escape in Madison. Great Escape is more of like a record tape like consignment pawn shop almost like we buy or you shit at least they used to be they're they still, still, i mean i bet they're huge in the vinyl they're right they're, they're they still have a lot of vinyl they still have a lot of dvds if you want to find yeah. old video game uh systems and accessories that's a place to go if you want to find some vintage toys that's a place to go oh they, well and they do have a lot of mine they do have a lot of they do have a lot of comic books there too yeah uh and then then, they, then there's he then there's Heroes Wanted in Gallatin. Oh yeah, that's yeah, closer to you. And so. then there's the then there's Dragonfly in White House. But there's Rick's as well. That's Rick's is like you know Donaldson near the airport in Nashville. That ain't so, that far away. It's like a good hour and a yeah. half drive from where I live. Let's get Taylor's vote. Taylor, do we want to talk about the Dungeon and Dragons debacle this week? It's worth mentioning. I mean, it's really been like burning down the internet here. It, <laughs> it seems. Has. Yeah, it's been awesome. Well, yeah, let's get into it. You missed the, you missed the the pre-show. Yeah, my bad. You missed my. Missed, <laughs> it's okay. My, it's not my... a prerequisite. You know, you're just going to be just as surprised as everybody else. You want to do it? You missed my pronunciation of perpetuity. Yeah, <laughs> he can't fucking it up. He just said it like five different. You're gonna have to just just go back and re-listen just like the first five minutes. He, he said it like Too five scary. different times, and all five times were like the wrong way to do it. All right. I mean, go. you didn't say it right then either. No, right, yeah, he got closer okay. than he did all, all right. the other time. Perpetuity. Perpetuity. Let's go. Yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. worth a relisten just for days for pronunciation of that word. Uh-uh. I don't like it. It's a big like it. it's a big word with a lot of different <laughs> syllables going together. Yeah, there's a lot of P's in there, but there's only like, I don't know, two. Or, hey like, man, yeah. English is weird. Dude, you know? English is so weird. I don't it's think a- this word came from me. <laughs> yeah, well, course. most it's of English came English is a grab bag of a lot of languages. It's genuinely a very fucked language. Another episode of this Geek and Comics Hour Geekers comic book shit talk show. Shit talk show. Over Taylor, aka David. It's like fast, you know. Fast means to go really, really quick, but it also means to like stand still. It's like what, really? I think that there's a name for that, like a, like a contronym or something like that, where like um, it's its own opposite. Yeah, there. My favorite are retronyms. Retronyms are words that were only coined because something else came after it, like acoustic guitar. You know what I mean? That's more of a term, I guess, than a word. Yeah, I guess you would have just called it a guitar for most yeah, of the distance. Exactly. Uh a manual transmission. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Words like that. I'm fascinated by those inexplicably. But hey everybody, segment one. I did absolutely nothing this week. Uh work was was hell. We had people out. I worked over, I worked under. And I'm taking Tuesday off as well. I got tomorrow off, so I earned this four-day weekend. I'm excited about it. So I've been re-watching Supernatural, one of my favorite shows. Definitely a Desert Island show for me. Not because of the quality, even though it's good. I love it. But 
because there's so fucking much of it. You know, 15 seasons worth of a good thing is awesome. Yeah, that was the Energizer Bunny of shows for a damn long time, you know? Dude, the first five years of that show is like this perfect symmetrical sort of fantasy, like biblical angle sort of thing. It was fantastic. Fucking fantastic. But some of my favorite episodes happen after season five. But it's just weird to me. You know, like Watchmen is also another like Desert Island show for me. And it's one season. But I consider it to be a much better show than all 15 seasons of Supernatural. But that's still a, a Desert Island show for me, for sure. And Lost, of course, because it's a Desert Island show about being on a desert island. That might hit a even, little too hard if you were, like, trained I don't even like all. Lost. Yeah, I like I to think like that Lost. I wouldn't have, like, polar bears and, like, you know. <laughs> Smoke monsters. Smoke monsters. Black site government testing facilities and shit. <laughs> the Dharma yeah. Initiative kicking it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys do this week? Anything? Um, I went to go see Plane. Oh, with uh, Gerard Butler. Yeah. It's okay to go back, Andy, now that it's been all these years later. And I say all these years. It only ended in 2019. But, yeah, you should definitely It's been a minute now. um, Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, um, Plane, yeah, was the new Gerard Butler movie. And if you've seen any of these other Gerard Butler movies from, like, the last 10 years, it's just that. The Has Fallen. The Has Fallen. Yeah, like Olympus Has Fallen or, like, uh, what was that Hunter Killer one with the submarines or whatever. That's not necessarily an insult. They are very serviceable action movies. Does he kick a plane into a pit? (laughs) David, you're stuck on, like, an older generation of Gerard Butler movies, you fucking plebeian. But either way. um, (laughs) But no, all these movies are just, like, they're solid action movies that are not trying to be anything more than a solid action movie, you know? There's, so there's something there. That's a redeeming quality. They hit the target they were aiming for. And I, I think that that's a good quality to have. A lot know? of times, like you say that it hit the target it was aiming for. A lot of times movies will hit the target they are aiming for, but there's some like ambiguity there. Well, I don't think that's what they were aiming for. There's absolutely no fucking argument at all. What Gerard Butler movies were aiming for. Oh, yeah. You know exactly what you're yeah, going you in for. Exactly. I will dude. point out that I think I was the only person under the age of 60 at the movie theater yesterday. <laughs> but, um, that's yeah. awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Dave, anything cool you did this week worth mentioning? Um, wow. I've been, I was determining if Mattel oh. was part of Hasbro because I don't want to participate with the D&D thing, maybe boycott. Oh my god, you're Watson. boycotting gonna bo- boycott Hasbro. I don't think but Mattel is they part are. of Hasbro. Aren't they, they are. like chief competitors? Yeah, yeah. They, they are. They are. There was an attempt for Mattel to be bought by Hasbro like several years ago and, and Hasbro happen. turned it yeah, down. That, that fell. Because there's a uh Tuesday of this week, there's a uh Mattel's Masters of the Universe Origins figure that's coming out, and I wanna get in on that. So okay, you're well, let's put a pin in that for yeah, a second. Let's get into the news. Let's get into the news. Let's get into the Uh, All right, welcome to the news, everybody. We're going to start away from comics, which is odd for us, but it's definitely comic shop related. You know, your typical comic shop shit. Dungeons and Dragons, huge. Yeah, these are these are close cousins. Yeah, very close cousins. Yeah, for sure. But uh, Dave, before we get into this, you're literally boycotting Hasbro. No, I'm not. Okay, well, moving on. Because I, was, I thought you were boycotting Hasbro. Although that is like, a wait, pretty what? common reaction, it looks like. You know, it looks it like, does um, seem like that. a lot there, of people are, are canceling of... their D&D Beyond subscriptions. Yeah, a, lot a lot of people, people are writing angrily worded comments. And yeah, this has been a real shit show. It's over now, though. It seems uh, well, the not moment. over, but there's the been like a ceasefire. There's a lull control. in the storm. 
Yeah, I, the fire the, seems to be under control. I'm going to use the metaphor of a battle in the sense that, go. like, there's there's not been a truce, but there has been a ceasefire. All you right. Know? The OGL. This is a this is what all this news revolves around. If you don't know, and if you're in a chat and you're kicking it, and you have more insight or a commentary, obviously, anytime you got a commentary, but correct us if we're if we're wrong because we are Dungeons and Dragons fans. But I mean, we're not in the know. I read a few articles. You know, I didn't know I was supposed to be upset about this shit. But the original OGL, which stands for what's the open for? game license, open game license, right? It's what many tabletop gaming publishers use to create their products. The this is where this is where this vast majority of like uh fifth edition compatible books come from. This is well, yes. the uh, names you're likely to recognize are places like Critical Role, um yeah. yes. Cobalt Press, if that's like a pretty big one if you're like into the gaming scene. Yeah, yeah a lot of these places are making their money making add-ons and expansions of Stuff based, that is available on the OGL. Based on the rules. That's basically what the OGL is. It's a series of rules and a spine, almost like the skeletal framework of being able to create your own stuff for the game, but also to create your own game. You know, that's not separate from Dungeons and Dragons, but is still a different property altogether. Right? So anyway. The new OGL invalidated the original, meaning it can no longer be used, okay? And there are some good things, but we'll get to the bad things. The good things first. It stopped D&D-related NFTs and blockchain. I think that's a good thing. NFTs and blockchain are lame. They're completely 100% unregulated, even in the context of art. Okay? Yes, and so that is definitely what uh, – that's what Wizards of the Coast is definitely uh, playing up in their response here. And, yeah, you know, that, it's wise of them to do so, I would say, because, yeah, I don't think too many people are going to bat for the blockchains and uh, NFTs. And NFTs. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Uh, it allowed termination of the license for content that is racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, bigoted, or otherwise discriminatory. 100% for that. They're protecting their license, okay, from yeah. from from uses that they frown on. Everybody should be allowed to do that if they own that license, okay? All right, Indeed. here's where it started getting getting fishy. It stated that D&D publisher Wizards of the Coast must be notified about and receive a report on the earnings of all monetized content. Now, I'm okay with that. Okay. Yeah, I mean that does sort of bring in a cost barrier to a lot of folks who are just doing this like in their basement, quote unquote, in their basement or in their garage, so to speak. Just a bunch of group kids kicking it, making their own shit, making a dollar or two on you know wherever they're selling this stuff. That's hard for them to do the accounting. It just is. All right, and that's a big deal. Go ahead. Well, this is where I, I do think I can see both sides of the issue because right. on the one hand, I don't think it's unreasonable entirely for, well, really Hasbro is probably the main source here, but Hasbro to be a little pissed that other people are making their bones off of their property in a sense, you know? That they that people but, are building upon something that they have the licensing to, and then you know just turning around and you know instead of making their own system, they're just using D and D. That being thing, said, though, that helps D and D. It does. D and D has never been this popular, and a big reason why it has become exactly. so popular is yeah. because of Critical Role. Is because of all these podcasts, the Adventure Zone. 
there's the passionate count- fans who are yeah. using this system to basically give this product a free promotional bump. Yes. And I think the Wizards of the Coast is benefiting far more than they're losing out on by sharing this, this by sharing their food with, you know, Critical Role, you know, and whoever. Exactly, exactly. It's to me it's not even food. It's like why would you not want to give them I, I compare this sort of like video games. Some video games will put out like a tool set, you know, where you can go in. Dungeons and Dragons literally did this with a game called Neverwinter Nights, and it led to some of the coolest fucking shit ever. But that's how I see this. You know, you're giving that to them so that you can have fun with these. Yeah. Guys. If, if our fan base is having fun with a decent all- metaphor for this would be like the way that Bethesda puts out the mod yes. tools for like Skyrim, you know, Skyrim exactly. would not be the phenomenon it is if not for all the modding that goes exactly on. Oh, yeah. without all the fun parts. Okay. So the biggest thing is the, in my opinion, they stated that products that use the OGL that are earning over $750,000 per year must pay a 25% royalty fee for all income above $750,000. And profit margins are thin enough that that basically means there's no reason for them to do it. Exactly. Now, to me, I feel like that is the is the straw that broke the camel's back. It is. Yes, because that is probably... everything down. That is like 99% of the, the problem, as far as I can tell, among the D&D community, is that it is yeah. shutting down that it's disincentivizing a lot of these people who contribute a lot to the game from doing any contributions to the game. Yeah. Why would they want to do that if they're doing it for money, if they're going to have their margins cut, you know, I mean, imagine just starting to succeed, being able to hire artists, you know, and things like that, just the basic sort of thing that you need to be able to do something big in this. I mean, yeah, if you're going to do something that makes a lot of splash, that means you have to get out. You have to get to get books bound. You have to have artwork. You have to do promotion. There's all sorts that you You have have to have law involved. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You got to have a lot of shit involved. So in the wake of consumer action that saw the Dungeons and Dragons beyond website, it crashed due to so many users canceling their subscription. Uh, and then um, a competitor, Paezo, who does Pathfinder, actually my preferred system. Announced they were going to have an OGL. They're doing their own yeah. license. A move well, that, by the way, also crashed their website for the exact opposite reason. Uh, Wizard of the Coast has basically backpedaled on all of this. They right? have. I mean, um, they sh- I was talking to Larry at the shop the other day, and he yeah. had a good insight here where, like, that is exactly how Paizo got into the game in the first place. Exactly. They tried this exact same thing with uh, 3.5. Yep. And Paizo, who used to... They got their start as like a gaming magazine. That's right. And um, they decided that since they can no longer put out supplemental materials for 3.5, they would just make their own version of 3.5, essentially. Yeah. And that's another imp- interesting point here. Wizards of the Coast does not have a lot of teeth behind their threats here. Because no. that is a proof that what Paizo did, you cannot hold on to the intellectual property that really matters here. You cannot exactly. hold on to the property of like just rolling dice, you know? Exactly. Yeah. There is no. There, there ahead, are court Dave. cases ahead, get about that too that you can't yeah. you can't copyright a game mechanic and you can't copyright you know dice rolling essentially. Yeah, I mean, exactly. okay, so Yasi, Pathfinder Monopoly Risk 
whoever applied for that first, if they would have won, there'd literally be one fucking game company. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's absurd. Pathfinder First Edition was basically just 3.5 after a date of the spa. Functionally, exactly. there is very yeah. little difference. No, and I don't so, know any difference. Yeah, they just could, in very tiny, nuanced mechanics. There all these people who are being driven away could very easily just put out their own fifth edition, but not, you know? And the thing about that is the accessibility is exactly the same. I don't care how you're buying your Dungeons and Dragons books online, in your shop, uh, digital versions. It's the same fucking way you buy the Pathfinder stuff. Yeah. It's on the same shelf. If you can you get know? access to one, you can get access to the other. And so they really overplayed their hand here. Now, granted, this was from like a leaked document. Now, that, that's also another. Apparently it was angle. like it was in the this was like apparently like ready to go, though, you know, so they were definitely in like the final stages of doing this move. And now they just that's got another weird angle to me. Right. They got like, knocked down in the home stretch here before they could it, do it. It feels to me like they leaked that, you know, so they could claim, oh, no, we were still just contemplating this. But now that we've got player feedback. If that was in some way or another, they made a grave miscalculation because if they thought that was going to be a good move, it has yeah. definitely caused more trouble than it was worth. And now it's this, also sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say that it's also true that they were probably counting on enough people not really caring about the legal jargon. I will say me personally. I don't really use any of the expansion stuff. The only DMD materials I have paid for with my own money are the, the core. core yeah, the core stuff. I have a player's handbook. I have the monster manual. I have the dungeon master's guide and I have Tasha's cauldron of everything. Right. I have never but, gotten any material from critical role or anything else, but right. exactly. regardless of me not having a personal dog in the fight here, I recognize the trouble that this is work that this is brewing up and enough people are pissed about this they see that yeah. it's not necessarily this the problem but like what could they do in the future you know with the problem yeah, and, and so it's not just that like we said at the start of this segment the reason dungeon dragons has had such big success such popularity over the last couple of years is because of this functionality of the original yeah OGL. a lot of people this does directly impact the way that they interact with the game a lot of them are using yeah. the supplemental materials and even the people who aren't that's, Would you I think be the, playing D anD D if it wasn't for the you know sudden rise in their success over the past I few would years? be. I mean, maybe a lot of people want to be. Exactly, I was playing. I've been people. playing since I was in high school. I did get my yeah. first. I my first pass of the game was in three point five, and so this is kind of like where we are. with like you know we knew who Thor was before there were movies about him. Right, right. That's how I kind of am with D anD D. But enough people are savvy enough about this. They probably thought that most people would just be like, oh, whatever, legalese, blah, blah, blah. This doesn't mean anything. But it's so easy to get educated on this. It's so easy for the people who are affected to get people to rally to their cause yeah. that I they mean, really did, underestimated how yeah. bad this could go for them. Did Wizards of the Coast forget how smart and nerdy fucking the people who play their game are? And that's there was, point. I mean, there, there's a point. There's a great meme out there right now that says that the uh, try to sneak a legal you know legal legal and policies past people who read legal and policies for a hobby yeah, i mean they call right. us they call people rules lawyers hey, for that's a reason. exactly about to say man literally rules lawyers yeah the the, right, the one thing about the ogl that i yes. that yes. you know that would affect others uh would be like the 3d printing communities oh yeah there's a whole, i mean you're whole not wrong of, there uh, there's a whole lot of like you know cottage industries that have popped up that create yeah. miniatures 
and scenery that yeah. is fantasy based. And I will say, you know, there are some futuristic based. And there's ones. definitely some gray area there. For there's that. some gray areas in there. Yeah. You know, there are, there are, you know, Tiamat name only and all that. And yes, uh, there's some just like really good, uh, groups out there if you know where to find them on my that's an interesting point as well that like uh wizards of the coast has very little uh copyright on any of the monsters because a lot of it's just from like folklore and stuff one of the few they have is has more rights to a lot of that shit than they should yeah they actually can't call them uh hobbits in the book they have to call them halflings yeah but um Uh, the only one of the few they actually do have a copyright on is the beholder yeah, and uh, that's one of the reasons why it's it's on the cover of the monster manual. Uh, Xanathar is on a cover of theirs. He's also Beholder, but Pathfinder could work away around that by just calling it an Eye Stalk, yeah, or, or a Gibbling Stalker. I forget what they called it, but it's just it's yeah. a not Beholder, and so that also points to just how the, loose it all is. Yeah, they have really the Coast, no power at all. They don't have a lot of bullets in their gun here, you know, because all they have to do is. Do the monster the way every fucking Dungeons and Dragons player ever would think that monster would look. Oh, you know that's not a half orc, but it's it's a fucking it's it's a it's not a gnoll. Yeah, call it a so, pseudo yeah, orc a or like man. a quasi orc or some yeah, shit like that. It's so man. easy to get around. Yeah, yeah, it's so easy to get around. All right, let's move you to comments. Uh, with you, oh, go ahead, Gomer. What? Have you got a cat with you in your room? Yeah, there's a cat walking by. Okay. Uh, fresh news 24 seven. Thanks for stopping by, man. How do you get sweat fingerprints off of my single issue comics? The best there's way to a do that, great man. If you figure it out, let me on know. YouTube. Yeah, the best way to do that is to reread them while eating Cheetos. That's the best way to Gomer, do it. Don't give terrible advice. That way, you will never notice those fingerprints again. There's um, a terrific tutorial on YouTube <laughs> if you know where to find it. Thank you, David, for giving the real advice here. Moving on. Oh, that's a hell of a low-res image. Uh, I did oh, just one last word, sorry, about the oh, D&D yes, about stuff. Oh, yes, about d It looks like Wizards of the Coast, as far as I can tell, is backing down. Yeah, I said. Yeah, they yeah, back they down. Are, well, they are. Well, so I just wanted to – like the, the, the note I wanted to end on here is, will that matter? Has the damage already been done? Oh, uh, yes. I believe the damage um, – at least to some extent has been done. They're rolling um, out their new edition. They aren't calling it sixth edition. They're calling it like one D and D or whatever. I'm going to call it sixth yeah. edition, but they're rolling that out. I think either at the end of this year, or they're rolling it out next year. Yeah. And um, it's it'll be interesting to see if like they can smooth things over between now and then. Uh, I think they will be okay. I think Hasbro. I don't think there is any danger of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, dissolving anytime soon i don't know dungeons and dragons is always has been and probably always will be the the arc like the trend setter it it will be it is the core tabletop rpg it is the one around which everything else bases itself i don't see that changing because of this but boy they probably did lose a lot more money than they gained by trying this shit wizards has caused more damage to D D. By messing with the OGL than the Satanic Panic did back in the 80s. Uh, that's maybe, difficult to perhaps, know. If, if that's true, it's probably just because they had a lot further to fall it's today sure. than they did back in the 80s. For sure. But there's a I, lot more competition now, yeah, too. And that's that the is thing. True. That's what this is doing. I think it's helping their competition. Now, it, it, it's it's we we don't know yet whether that'll be helpful or harmful. We do know within this system, a lot of times competition can help maybe they'll invest more money into making D something better we know this one dungeons and dragons the one D initiative it's going to be huge yeah right they're making a big huge fucking play and a deal out of this but they're doing it at the perfect time because 
and all of their other competition is going to have shit on the shelves too. Either way, yeah. I think we win. You know, at the end of the day, I think we, the consumers, win because now everybody's energized. The industry, yeah. you know, pumped up. We got something to move on now. So we might never know, but I would be curious to know <laughs> if this came from Hasbro or for Wizards on the Coast themselves. You know, well, the way yeah. they talk, the the CEO of Wizards right now or Hasbro is somebody that came from Microsoft that was really big into microtransactions. Well, I mean, and that might be something. If that I had to guess, there. I'd be more suspicious of Hasbro. Seems like them motherfuckers would be like completely out of touch with all this shit. But it, I don't know. It's hard to say. Um, Wizards of the Coast has made some fumbles in the past, and it would be curious. I'd be curious to know, like, whose bad idea was this? Was it well, Hasbro? Yeah. Or was it, was yeah. Wizards has been making some fumbles with their other ideas. Well, we'll see what happens. You know, I'll see news. Too, so I think yeah. a lot of it has to do with Wizards. I'll see news about hirings and firings, you know, over there. All right, let's move on to comic. Yeah, bye, cat. <laughs> he wanted to leave. Uh, all right, moving on to comics. Uh, IDW, Star Trek, really the only thing they got. They got TMNT, sure. They got a couple of creator-owned things that are all must-read. But Star Trek is their big, huge initiative. And this year, they are doing a crossover event. Um, yeah, it's going to be awesome. Vampires. Day of Blood, number one. Um, there's going to be a free comic book day issue. It's everybody who's writing these books, Jackson Lansing, Colin Kelly on the main book, uh, Star Trek book, but Christopher Cantwell will be, is doing the defiant book. That's going to come out later this year. And those are going to cross over day of blood. Number one, and then defiant number six in August, Star Trek 11, defiant number seven and Star Trek number 12. We did get a cover. It's kind of basic, but some interior art that looks very promising. Uh, okay, I figured yeah. this was going to be a Klingon thing. I honestly was oh, wondering sure. if that was uh, that was Worf. He's the more, more prominent yellow-shirted people who might bleed. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it was red blood. It wasn't the pink Klingon pink blood. Uh, mm. Maybe it is. It's a weird angle. <laughs> so there you go. We'll have more on that when the books come out. I mean, really, that's all I have. There's such shit news this week. I'm glad we had that Dungeons and Dragons thing, Archie. Is doing a mecha thing where there's going to be like Voltron. Everybody's doing mechs. Man, they're I bet they're going to get a. They're going to Voltron it up on like oh, the dude, I hope by the end mech of the, strike ten. I hope by the end of the first issue, you know they they don't fuck around like these other stupid Marvel and DC shit did. That uh, they, that mech looks a lot like uh, Gigantor. It's Jughead. It's got Jughead's hat and hat. also has Jughead there. So, but yeah. oh, but it's it also looks, got his uh. They never have established what the S stands for on his shirt, but isn't yeah. that his first name, like Sal or something? Isn't Last it? time I saw, they have canonically said that there is no canonical explanation for oh. what the S stands for. Nice, nice. He's just uh, a fan so of it's Superman. super teens. It's going to be written by Daniel Kibble Smith. Um, yeah, that's all you need to know. Uh, art by Ryan Jampole. So there you go. Maybe it's Jampole. There you go. Trans it's equal parts Transformers and Pacific Rim. I'll, I'll read it. It's just a one shot. I will definitely read it. <laughs> They're going Jughead and Archie and a Jaeger. I know, right? Together. Chomp. Huh. <laughs> man, I love that fucking movie. It's so Neural handshake. I love oh, that. man. Imagine Archie and one of the girls. Doing a, a psychic handshake? Yeah, and the neural handshake. Man, Archie goes to some <laughs> weird places. But Dude, honestly, man. I'm glad that they do. Like, what a time to 
know, have all I mean, these different they can have fun with it. Open to you. When you fight you know? the predator, what else you got? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, they've already gone to weirder high places. Kids than fighting this, the fucking you know? predator, you know, uh, and winning. Right, anyway. Yeah, then the winning and beating the predator. Uh, Miller World. This is kind of the biggest news story we have uh, this week. Mm. Mark Millar has announced that he's doing this huge, big, epic cross, uh, crossover. If you've read um, Nemesis Reloaded this week, there was kind of an ad for it in the back. But, yeah, dude, this gives me some big hope. Uh, later on this year, he's doing a huge... Pepe Larraz, you know, it will is going to draw it. I mean, this could be literally the greatest thing ever or the biggest fucking mess ever created. 24 different properties crossing over. Oh, Lord. Yeah, that is a lot. 24 different franchises. Like, even, like, Marvel and DC usually don't have that many, you know, pieces in the puzzle that they're trying to fit together. Uh, Here's just a small list of some of the books he's done, and you'll know all these names. Kick-Ass, of course, Hit-Girl, Nemesis, Superior, Super Crooks, Wanted, which the comic is so fucking good. The movie's all right. American Jesus, which is okay. Again, the show is, is, I think it's due out later this year, but... Um, Jupiter's Legacy, the show already canceled. The, again, <laughs> the tragedy of Mark Millar. Uh, he did Starlights. He did Chrononauts, which is fucking amazing. And if they did an actual true Chrononauts adaptation, it would be a huge hit. Huck, which is kind of like his weird take on Superman. Reborn, which was awesome. Dave, remember Reborn? Yes. It had that great Coppolo art. Oh, it was so good. Magic Order, which is getting into a fourth volume here in a little while, and Prodigy. Those are just a few of them. Um, man, I don't know. I'm ready for it, but holy shit. I didn't think Mark Millar had that many fans. I can't wait to read this uh, shit. I, I mean, read all his I'm not shit. Surprised, I've read all like, that shit. I've, I've listed off. I've read it all. Aren't some of these properties, are most of these properties like spread out among different publishers? Well, Kick-Ass and Hit-Girl originally started at Icon, which was Marvel's independent publishing line. But no, the rest of them have been at Image. As far as I know, the rest of those... Maybe Super Crooks was at Dark Horse? I'm I'm trying to think. But I thought thought that uh, until recently, Hit-Girl and Kick-Ass were not at Image. The last Hit-Girl series was at Image. Yeah, no, I they're mean, both at image. That now. speaks to me that they have already resolved that copyright issue. So you know, it's whatever. Just, maybe it yeah. is. I just if, if they're using, they're publishing the character at a different publisher. They have resolved it. So that is oh, that is a true. bridge they have already ca- crossed. Yeah, for you know? sure, for sure. But, but still, it's it's amazing though. You're not wrong. Yeah, you know, I mean, multi-publisher crossovers. I feel like this. I can't help but feel like this would be a bigger deal like seven or eight years ago. Yeah, when Mark Millar like, was, when was like more <laughs> like, you know, the world was his oyster. I yeah. feel like not. It's been a good while though since that was true. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I really love Chrononauts. I really. This has some potential. So. These de- these things definitely have their fans. I mean, he keeps yeah. he he's able to keep producing stories and producing these properties because they definitely does have a following. Yeah, I'm just saying, sure. I don't think that following is today what it once might have been. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, last bit. Uh, a couple Marvel quick hits. Uh, before we get the new um, Guardians of the Galaxy series, we are getting a Groot miniseries. It's a four-issue miniseries. Dan Abnett is writing it. Uh, Damian Cucciero is doing the art. It comes out 5-3. 
Monster Hero Guardian Groot. See a side of this iconic character that you never could imagine. When Groot number one hit stands this April, that's really the only news we have about that. Um, Is that Captain Marvel on the cover with him? Uh, I I don't. I think that's like one of the Captains Marvel. I think. That might have been Marvel's Mar original costume. No, is that Marvel or is that the? Uh, I think Marvel used to dress like that, but I think someone else, like Genus Vale, might have dressed like that. Genus Vale. That's who I was thinking of. I it's hard to keep Genis track Vail. of all the Captains Marvel. Oh my god! Well, they impossible. had to keep like throwing out Captain Marvel because they wanted to keep the license until they yeah. finally settled on uh, on Ms. Carol. Marvel becoming Captain Marvel. Yeah. Which but. is the best move, in my opinion. It well, was, there's a, yeah. There's a billion-dollar movie, so, yeah, it was definitely <laughs> the best way to go. Um, but even cooler news, the black, white, and red uh, series of books continues with a, a great choice. I mean, honestly, yeah. if we were to sit here and guess, because they've done Deadpool, Wolverine, um, I don't even remember. They've done so many of these. Moon Knight, I think Electra. they did a movie. Oh, yeah, they did an Electra. Yeah. Great choices, but we were like, man, which one should they do next? And like, we couldn't think of one to do next. The great choice here. Uh, it's going to be yeah. Jason I mean, Aaron, uh, it seems Facebook. obvious now that yeah, I see ahead. the cover there. You know, yeah, it really is low hanging fruit almost. Yep, for sure. It's a four issue miniseries. Uh, out in April twenty sixth. Jason Aaron's writing a story. Uh, Peach Momoko is writing a story and writing this. and drawing. Yep, writing and drawing. Hell yeah! And uh, Torun Gronbeck. Um, who we talked about on the uh, Valkyrie book and some Thor stuff. Uh, Leonard Kirk's doing some art. And this beautiful Alex Maleev cover here, which is just great. Um, so, yeah, that's really all we have on that. Yeah, I mean, then, that does sound like they're throwing a lot of impressive talent at it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's Darth Vader. Everybody gets to write a little Darth. Everybody got a Darth Vader story. I mean, you know? Jason Aaron wrote what might be the coolest Darth Vader scene from any media of all time. So, Oh, yeah, I'm just surrounded by fear and dead men or yeah whatever. yeah I'm I'm all out of, and i'm all out of fear and i'm all out of fear <laughs> uh and then finally big big news it's a throwback story it's not in current continuity which is probably better storm number one of five uh innocenti coming back to comics after doing a whole lot of shit i mean i had a whole list of stuff that she had been doing up till she made her uh return to marvel uh sid Cochin doing the art that's out May 24th. Uh, yeah, and that's the first cover. Um, so there you go. That's coming out in May. So it looks like that's probably like the Morlock days there with the Mohawk and everything. Yeah, way throwback. We're not really sure. We just Old don't have enough details. Rogue in yet. there. Yeah. It's got Wolverine and probably my favorite Wolverine look with the Browns. Oh, the Tans. The Tans. Oh, the Browns. You call them the Browns. Oh, Tans is probably more appropriate. Uh, yeah. I think the Origins color like is a little bit different than that. So, and I think those are called the Tans. And I think you're right. These are called the Browns. But it's very difficult to track Wolverine fashion. It just is. <laughs> yeah. He's been through it. He's been through it. You just got to have those. Uh, you got to have that silhouette with the eye patches there. And that's, that's all it. you need. Right. Let's do food. Mmm, yummy. Double dose of gross food news this week. It is oh, the playoffs. Damn it. it is the playoffs. So, so um, a company called Dietz and Watson, which is out of Philadelphia, is doing a free, free, free bird dogs is what they're calling them. Bird dogs, which is weird because I actually have a bird dog and I find that offensive. But hmm. it's got a green bun. My experience with green colored food is, is it that it comes this, out green the other side. Too. It does, yes. Yeah. I, I got that fun. like that Hulk uh, chocolate syrup 
back in the day for making your milk green, back when the Ang Lee movie came out. Yeah. So I assume That's this is going to result in the same. That's gross. Uh, so it's Deets and Watson, B. Franks topped with Long Hots, Provolone, Crunchy Fried Onions on an Eagle's Green Bun. And you can get a spicy cheddar option. Uh, all you got to do is go to deetsandwatson.com slash bird dogs and the food truck will be kicking it somewhere in Philly. So you have to be in Philly to find it. Yeah, you got to be in Philly to find Uh, it. Our listeners. I mean, as far as like a local um, fun thing to do. Yeah, a local company doing things for the local, you know, city. It seems fine. fine. Yeah, it's fine. You got to take a green shit, too. And that's even better. Indeed. Uh, Finally, in food news, new peeps have been announced for this season. And um, peeps are starting extra early this year. Oh, boy. Mm. Uh, Dr. Pepper, uh, is one of them. No, nah, I'm not, I'm not too, too upset about the Dr. Pepper one. <laughs> 70th anniversary of Peeps ah. this year. Oh, um, have they been around that long? But the thing yeah, that concerns me about the Dr. Pepper is that I get why it's red, so that it looks like the can. Sure. The Dr. Pepper itself is not red, and so, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, that's... They're adding some non-Dr. Pepper into I mean, the Peeps is going to be gross no matter what, I guess, so this might be just Peeps like, gross. you know... Yeah. This might be putting garnish on a turd at this point, but it's exactly I'm curious right. where the red is coming from. Well, they want us to do the can. You know, the can is the marketing. I get why it's red, but like I understand whatever they're using that. to make yes. it red is not I a don't, Dr. Pepper. Oh, I see what it you're saying. It's probably a, bug it looks guts. closer to a brownish red. It's probably bug guts. Those are exclusive to Walmart. And then Peeps Kettle Corn, which you can only get at um, Kroger. If I had to have one of these, it would be the kettle corn one. I love a good popcorn flavored candy, especially the jelly beans. They're delicious. But yes, I don't care what it is. If it's popcorn flavor, I'm all over it. Uh, Andy Mm. chiming in after the chocolate covered peep. I was done with peeps. Yeah, chocolate covered peeps. It wasn't even like a crunchy chocolate. It was a gooey chocolate, just like the marshmallow, the one that I got. And yet it was not good. It was not good at all. I could see if they actually made it like a shell and it had just like peat filling in it. It had a little crunch to it. That could be okay. Like a marshmallow pie or whatever, almost like yeah. a. Uh, but again, I mean, there's a moon pie without you know graham cracker. I mean, when you're when yeah. you're when you're starting with, let's have a peat mallow cup. There yeah, are no good are outcomes, you know. Yeah, there are no good peeps. That's why this is food news. They're also teaming up with Mike and Ike for a sweet peeps Mike and Ike flavored pop. Pop as in freezer pop? Or For the pop first time ever, soda. this pop will include four different flavored chicks, including lemon, I mean, lime, orange, making and Mike and Ike the base candy here instead of the peep is probably going to end up with a better result. So, hey, good for them. Yeah. So that's nasty. So there you go. There's your shit. You guys want to do comics? Let's talk Let's. about this week's comics. Not great. Okay. But not great. Yeah, a lot of uh, kind of like a B average week, you know? mention this week is uh 10,000 black feathers the bone orchard mythos finally wrapped wouldn't make my top three because it was retired almost immediately uh jeff lemire dave stewart andrea sorrentino uh the finale delivered like this heartfelt emotional crescendo that like had me a bit teary-eyed at the end um it's not about where we are you know that's not really important it's who we're with while we're there that is important and this book beautifully just poetically did that best damn team in comics and i'll argue anybody on the planet with it 
But my favorite, uh, well, my number three book this week was a book called Grim Space. I actually know this writer, you know, Facebook friends with him, uh, Frank Martin, Dan Scalise. Uh, we talked about this, Taylor. This is the grim fairy tale stuff with like a sci-fi sort of angle to it. Um, and it was so well done, man. There wasn't any way, that, at least this week, that I wasn't leaving this off my top three. Um, I mean, it's just a really cool, updated, fun take on grim fairy tales. Uh, it's a fun connecting cover. It's like the top, top to bottom. See how it connects, not left to right, but top to bottom. Oh, that's kind of neat doing it. Yeah, vertical. very innovative. Is this like, is this like Jack and the Beanstalk kind of this story? This is Jack here? and the Beanstalk. That's exactly right with this weird sci-fi twist. Um, great art here from Scalisi. Almost reminds me of like Bluth in some places. You know, really well done with the faces and the eyes. I love that. Um, but yeah, this kid named Jack who's like a helper, like mechanics helper on this spaceship, trades this old busted up, you know, android that he's got for this weird navigational system that helps take the ship into this place where they encounter a giant. And it was really fun, you know? That does I mean, sound it, neat. I, I mean, I like, yeah. you know, it's an android instead of a cow, you know? It's yeah, whatever that exactly. fucking doodad is instead of magic beans, you know? Yes, exactly. So, uh, right, this is a one-shot, you know, really well done. Right now, the android that he sells in this is the P1 Nokio. You know, like Pinocchio. Uh, uh, so there's a Kickstarter issue. Frank Martin is kickstarting the second uh, issue of this. Um, and it's all about that robot, Pinocchio. So go to uh, Kickstarter. Google second Frank. issue or second volume? No, no, it's not a volume. It's just one shots. Okay. They're all they're kind of like grim fairy tales. You know, they're very short stories. Um, so, yeah, go go to Kickstarter. Uh you know, search on there for Frank Martin. You'll find it. It's very, very well done. So, uh, yeah, so why don't you Taylor honorable mentions? Okay. A quick, uh, rapid fire of honorable mentions here. Um, danger street. Number two, it gets an honorable mention. The story's still kind of coming together here. There's lots of moving yeah. pieces, but lots. this hard is for me to follow this, man. It's it not quite as bad me. as Catwoman, Batman or Batman, Catwoman, whatever that was called. Right. So it's, it's followable enough that I'm still able to enjoy it. But yeah, it's just honorable mention because it feels like things are still like setting up right now. Um, honorable mention. Hey, just write a normal comic book, Tom King. Okay. Well, just he wrote something that did make comic. my top three this week. So we'll get to that later. But, um, sure. but uh, Captain America symbol of truth. Number nine. Um, this okay. was just, it was mostly on uh, an honorable mention because of that Silva artwork. It's really gorgeous. Oh. Um, and I will say this book is really finding its legs. It's getting away from just like, you know, cameo of the week, like it was starting off with. And uh, yeah, I'm enjoying this a lot. This book um, is building up to the Cold War event and it feels like it. Yeah. That's um, my one takeaway from it that that drew it away from my, my top list this week. I'm sure you enjoy them bringing in some of that, uh, that stuff from, oh, what's his name? Um, but yeah, that run with like Dimension Z and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, um, Nomad, little Nomad boy. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I all, love that Dimension Z shit. It was so stupid. I fucking loved it. I I can't remember the name. He also wrote like, um, Uncanny X Force or whatever, or Uncanny uh, Avengers. Remender. Remender. That's the guy. Yeah, yeah, Rick Remender. Yeah, one of my. I don't favorite. know why he wrote Uncanny Avengers too for a while. Yeah. Yeah, which is a hell of a run. Hell of a fun run. Uncanny X Force was the thing I was trying to think of. But whatever. Yeah, I love that run. Um, Holy shit. Honorable mention for uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man number two. Great book. 
a lot of fun. Um, I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, the new new villain, Rabble, who's all like a techno with drones. Oh, that's a cool villain. Yeah. I'm anxious to see where they take that villain. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's a uh, it's good for people who haven't uh, necessarily been following Miles for a while. It's it's doing a good job getting the story while still also like here's his you know here's yeah. his auxiliary cast. Oh, this um, issue. I mean, you could pick this up, and it's like you know everything. He's he's got trouble with his friends. He got trouble at school. He got trouble even with heroes. But he's still being Spider Man. But it's like Miles Morales is suffering because of Spider Man. That's what I love about he Spider-Man. is and like. Is supposed to suffer because of Spider-Man, and it's one of those things where it's like he's—it's frustrating because he's making his own problems in a lot of ways by just like Peter you know, did like, a lot of ways too. He did, you're yeah, right. you're right. It's not so bad that it detracts. It—it's yeah. done well where it's like it's—it's it's character problem, not just like angst, you know, capital. Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. feels good. Yeah. But my number three this week is actually the Flash number uh, seven ninety. This is the start, start of, of the that one minute, one war. minute war. This yeah. looked. And felt like a '90s comic book in yeah, a very dude. fun and refreshing way. No, it did, but it had like updated pacing. It's like modern day pacing. It did. I yeah. like the way that it's moved between all the different speedsters. I like the. Uh, it did a good job setting up like the problem here, and like, oh shit, like time slowing down enough where only the super fast people can do anything about it, yeah. and it's setting up for a really fun story. This I felt like so a too. throwback in a very good way, you know. Yeah. Like sometimes yeah, these so throwback too. things are like. You know, it just reads a little corny, and you're like, man, I know exactly why comics have moved away from this. Right. And maybe that's going on a little bit here, too, but it was done well. It was well done, you know? It, it felt, was fun. It felt passable because of the family dynamic that was going on while they were doing that. It yeah. felt like almost like a, a family 90s sitcom. You know, it felt like must-see TV almost, the way they were interacting in a way. You know, it was fun. It was a fun issue, dude, for sure. So, yeah, that's my three. Uh, Dave, honorable mention. All righty. Uh, slash S or number three. Uh, Do you possibly have more than Taylor this week? No, Taylor had more than I did. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> uh, Nemesis Reloaded. Fun book. Miller, fun oh, book. Uh, made it. me remember yeah. why I enjoyed the Nemesis series. Yeah, look at this shit. Look yeah. at that fucking Jorge Jimenez art. Holy fuck, that's good. The whole book is like this, dude. Look at the character that he's doing. Look at the – it's almost like the rearview mirror is another panel. Yeah. Just brilliantly done. That is dude. very well done. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's just one example. This book's full of that shit, dude. Oh, it, this is – Very this well is, done. This, is, this book started and did not stop. Yeah, it's, it's typical Mark Millar, though. It just flies through it. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really well done. Um, my other honorable mention is going to be the human target. Oh, I'm sure we're going to hear about that in a minute. That's my number two. It's number. Yeah. Well, let's, we'll wait to we'll, talk about that. David over here throwing shade at me when he had one less honorable mention. <laughs> <than I did. laughs> Sorry. We'll talk about that in a minute. What's your number three? Uh, my number three is a book called all against all number two. Wow, I don't, I don't even have that. Um, I didn't know essentially, you aliens have abducted uh, infant human beings and set them in a in a preserve to see what they grow into, in order to find a weapon to end the war against another alien species. And basically, primitive human beings are whipping the shit out of aliens. Wow, right. is this an image book? Yes, I, I, I'm gonna have to catch up on this series. I'm glad you mentioned it. But it's just it it was just this like this alien scientist, like he released the humans into this preserve on a on a like a space station 
Yeah. And they found like, you know, cave, essentially what are cave drawings. And one of the humans as an infant remembered the alien and drew the alien out. And so when they go and there's like, you know, the, the aliens have gone into this preserve to try to bring, to find these humans that have become really adept at hiding from them. And the humans with just like spears and bows and arrows are beating the hell out of these aliens. I gotta read this. It's 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 really crazy. Yeah, I gotta check that out, dude. Yeah, it sounds, sounds embarrassing awesome. for the aliens. I mean, I, that's what I want to see. Yeah, that's how. That's the part I want to see. How did they? You know, why are these aliens so terrible at being aliens? Um, <laughs> it's really it's just it's fun for whatever nice. reason. I thought that was really fun this week. Nice. Uh, well, I'll, I'll catch up on it. We'll talk about the next issue. Um, moving on, Daredevil. Number seven is my number two this week. Uh, Chip Zdarsky, the best comic book writer on the planet by default because he writes Batman. You don't have to uh, say that every time. I do. I do because it's so untrue. But... It's a title. <laughs> uh, this was out of the shop when I got there, so I wasn't able to read it. Oh, that sucks, the Breaker dude, of that Chains, sucks. the Mother of Dragons. Uh, Rafael De La Torre, Marco Cicchetto sharing uh, art duty on this uh taylor did you hear what i just said rafael de la torre and marco Cicchetto sharing art on this what a power team i know i mean the dude who made black widow just the best fucking book good story but the art was why you wrote uh, read that book and marco Cicchetto, who i mean what the fuck um it's still sort of a slow burn as we get to where we're all we all know where we're going the daredevils and the fist versus the punisher and the hand it, but it's still building. Still, it's hard to beat this art, like I was saying. Man, Daredevil but, is a broody book. That's just what it is by that. Oh, you it's know? slow. Yeah. But it appears that the fist is has given Matt, like his powers have gotten like more heightened in a way, right? Where he feels vibration in the air now to such a, uh, an extent that he's in a building. And as long as something touches the air, he can see it in his mind, mm. which is almost like being fucking psychic yeah, without having to read a mind. Yeah. It's wild, dude. Uh, but then it's got this great scene where he goes and he's helping out people who are being evicted by a uh, a corporate landlord, and he shits all over them. Oh, fuck the capitalists. Sold me despite any fucking thing else. Um, but then that ending, man, when there's, again, that big fucking promise that eventually – this Punisher is going to meet this Daredevil. Um, yeah, I can't get enough. Yeah, they are both uh, getting some like Super Saiyan transformations it's here. It's wild. It really is, dude. I mean, right now, who'd have thunk it? Daredevil and Punisher are two of the biggest badass motherfuckers in the, MC- or in the Marvel Comics universe right now. I mean, literally, they can take down almost anyone right now. With the he's got, they each got like the power of gods right now it's yeah. just wild dude just really fun stuff um the best part about it is it's jason aaron and chip zadarsky literally two of the biggest names in the industry just having a good fucking time writing good fucking comics and it's hard to to deny that so uh taylor number two uh yeah my number two was the human target oh um, my bad that's the wrong tom king book. wrong tom king book my friend Sorry. great <laughs> cover here great cover here it is. Um, this has been one of those like hard-boiled noir type stories from the beginning, and things are finally starting to come together. Um, oh, 
yeah, he's starting to figure out like what exactly. Um, okay, so the big like shocking midpoint scene was him murdering Guy Gardner, but exactly. turns out he did not, in fact, murder Guy Gardner. Yeah. Shocker! I think yeah. we all pretty much knew that it was a misdirect. It seems like a classic Norar misdirect. In a lot of ways, yeah, but it's being yeah. really well executed here. Oh, um, this yes. wasn't as strong as last issue, which really like fucking played up just what a fucking presence Batman is without him yes. ever actually being in the issue, and that was amazing. But yes. uh, this one's kind of like taking a bit of swerve here, and we get to see him hanging out with this fucking dumbass Gnort the whole time. Gnort gets Gnort drunk. Yeah, on Gnort is such a lovable idiot. Yeah, you know? dude. Yeah. Yeah, every kind of story needs that, dude. You know, especially when I say I like how you brought up the last issue because it is—it's King having fun with these weird tropes with these characters that he can just play off of. Everybody knows. Anybody who's reading this is a DC fan and knows who Gnort is and knows that this is perfect Gnort. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's almost like a gift where Tom King is a fan writing a love letter to fans, but. Uh, again, it's like the Tom King effect, man. I just have a problem with him in a lot of ways that he writes things. And he's hit or miss with me. And this is, I don't know if it's a hit yet. Some of the issues of this series are, oh, that was fucking just perfect. But then others, it's just like, oh my God, what what is he doing? But this was a good issue. Very good issue. Really fun. So, I, especially, yeah. I especially enjoyed how... Uh, how he took down Guy Gardner in this issue. Yeah. Slapped yeah. him with peanut butter. Slapped him with peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically he's like, I got an EpiPen. <laughs> I need so your cooperation. It's silly, dude. It's, I don't know. It's, it was like, it's it, Tom King having way too much fun. And maybe and that's the, and the art about, And the art you know, in that one panel. Stop having fun, man. The art in that one panel was almost reminiscent of when Batman punched Guy. Oh, yeah. I think that's exactly what they were going for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's what they were going for. They have referenced one punch um, at least twice now between this and the last one. Yeah. Well, there was a cover too, I think, with the punch. You know, that uh, I don't know. Anyway, very good. Uh, that was Sailor's number two. Dave. All righty. Book of the week. Uh, in keeping with theme from issue from my third pick of the week, my second pick of the week is also humans beating the shit out of aliens. Predator number six. Oh, see, I didn't grab that either. You read such diverse stuff. I can't grab every cover. But yeah, I'm yeah, not reading David, Predator or asshole. Alien. But this... Uh, <laughs> Pretty Theta, enjoying stuff. Theta has finally found the Predator responsible for murdering her family. Oh, okay. Uh, and with the, the fang, aid... Like the one missing the fang. The, the one missing the mandible, yeah. The, uh, yeah. the And with the, with the aid of the crew from the company that she's on the run from, they are able to slow it down enough for her to kill it a lot so of people she wins she did a lot of people a lot of people die but this series here uh brought back a lot of memories of like a bunch of the old dark horse predator books from back oh, in the day that's cool that's uh, always fun but she she ends up killing this predator beheading it and then leaving its head on a pike which is like reminiscent to a bunch of predator stuff from like dark horse days Nice. And then she's like, uh, there's a whole, there's probably a whole race of these motherfuckers. I'm going to go kill them. Oh, <laughs> so it's going to continue. She's going to continue. But the next, uh, this is the end of this particular series. And they did tease another series coming. Nice. So nice. 
but it's hard uh, for me to get into these predator but I, I, I like that universe i'm just not that big of a fan you know i, I mean? am pleasantly pleased with how much of a feel of dark horse comics at the 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 uh marvel comics currently nice. possess for alien nice. and predator because i know you were a fan of those you were a really big fan yeah of those books so nice they were actually some of like the first dark horse books i did get back in the day nice them and terminators yeah well i definitely read some of that terminator stuff uh all right let's go to number one my number one book of the week lazarus planet alpha number one Mark Wade uh, with Ricardo Federici doing the art. There's a backup story by Gene Luen Yang and Billy Tan that was just okay. But uh, this spins directly out of Batman versus Robin number four. This shot is the last page of Batman and Robin versus uh, Batman versus Robin number four, where a are you all right? Did you sneeze? I uh, never mind. I didn't get to the mute button in time. Uh, it's not like you either like sneeze or just like punched in the stomach. Really, yeah, hard. I don't know what I happened. Was trying, I, was trying not, I was trying not to sneeze, and it didn't work out. David's bookies at his house right now, trying <laughs> yeah, to get him to pay breaking up. his ankles. So King Firebull is the villain. He turned Lazarus Island into Lazarus volcano eruption. It's blanketing the planet in some terrible magic, fucking Lazarus juice, rain, and it's messing up all kinds of stuff. It's messing up the laws of magic. It's messing up the laws of physics. Um, the sun is actually draining Kryptonian's powers. The magicians are all fucked up. And um, I mean, God this, damn it, Damien. Yeah, this starts off with Batman. He's really hurt. Damien, his parents, Alice Black are flying away and they crash. All the alerts come in. I mean, a whole lot happens, dude. All right. I mean, Swamp Thing and Poison Ivy are fighting um, Nefaster, what's the fuck's his name, Nahaza, whatever, that demon. There's a lot of fucking shit happening, okay? It's just, like, almost like Squirrel. Oh, my God, now what's happening? Squirrel, oh, my gosh, now what's happening? But Mark Wade, the the master like he is, just takes us from every fucking thing that's going on to every other little thing that's going on in masterful style. And by the end, Batman is all fucked up, dude. He's all demonized. Um, I'm sure this is just a ploy to sell toys. I mean, I don't even know why I'd say that. I don't give a shit. This is the start of another really fun, cool, different, unique sort of event going on over at DC Comics. Um, The last one was my favorite event of last year. This one is shaping up to be just as exciting. Um, I don't even know what events Marvel has planned for this year. I know we have a new Avengers. I know we have... um, whatever hickman is doing those to me don't feel like these big encompassing universe-wide sort of events you know that's all the heroes are involved this are you fucking kidding me everybody is fucking here i can't name half the motherfuckers in this picture but they all there so yeah man just really fun i'm an event guy i love big huge comic book events and this is shaping up to be one of those so lazarus planet alpha number one is my pick of the week Taylor, number one book of the week. My number one book of the week is Wolverine, number 29. Oh, man. It was wild. Did Wolverine even say a word in this book? He narrated a lot. He, actually, he narrated like, it, but yeah, I don't think... He, he verbalized actually. it like the very, very end when he finally claws his way out, but yeah, like, this was Bug. such a... Ben Percy has such a finger on the pulse for this character, you know? Yeah. Like, he does such yeah. a good job, like, finding a 
diegetic way, like an organic way to kind of go through Wolverine's very traumatic past, you know, to like go through all the pain that he's gone through. And I love her alone tells you. Yeah. And I really like the way that he has a good way of like writing stuff that a lesser writer, it would sound like up its own ass, but it works so well here. You know, like I, my life is defined by pain. I basically am pain and like my whole purpose of my existence now is to try to keep others from having that but then like Sabretooth he's not he's hate but he's he's the thing that's underneath hate you know he's that primal vileness that's so out there in the world you know that Wolverine like is trying so hard to save others from and it works so including himself including himself yeah yeah like this story arc with Beast just putting Wolverine through this hell has been such an amazing... This is one of my favorite Wolverine story arcs in a long, long time. I have enjoyed the hell out of Ben Percy's entire run, but this arc still takes the cake, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's very well done. Uh, Accompanied by that Juan Jose Rip art, who just... Yeah. It's just so visceral, his art. You know what I mean? It worked perfect for this. Um, It's weird because... Juan Jose Rip is known for writing this organic sort of stuff where he can do guts and gore really, really well. But that translates so nicely to all the Krakoa shit that was in this, where Sabretooth is like it's Krakoa making Sabretooth out of, you know, bushes and weeds and stuff. But it was so fucking beautifully, brutally visceral. And yeah, yeah, I don't know if I would want any other artist to do this. Juan Jose Rip is nailing it so Yeah, I can't hard. think of another writer who would have nailed the story this well, and I can't think of another artist who could do this with the material, you know? Yeah, yeah. Excellent choice, dude. Excellent choice. Yeah, Wolverine's just fantastic, fantastic. And a great accompaniment to X-Force, you know? Yeah, I mean, they're really great well sister books. Yeah. Uh, that leads us to our number one from Dave. All right. What is it? Black Coat Cloak number one. Oh, see? Ooh. It never fails, does it? No, I, I did not. I could not get into this. Kelly uh, Thompson and Meredith McLaren. Okay, Gummer, um, shut the fuck up and let them. I just talk wanted to put it. out the shut creators the because, fuck up. because this is a debut, and a lot of people have been raving about this. It is but, pretty yes, good. Please go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, basically, we live in a world where you know fantasy creatures live in a like a noir type mm-hmm. uh, era. Uh, black cloaks are essentially like detectives that have like unquestionable authority uh, to solve crimes. And the crime they're trying to solve is the death of the prince. Right. The prince ends up in basically like a, uh, a brothel house. And it just starts off like that. The one of our black cl- uh, cloaks is an exiled princess, I believe. I'm not yes. exactly sure. And so she That's was actually my feeling be- of it. Yes. She was betrothed to the de- to the murder victim. Exactly. But decided apparently she decided to leave to become the cop that she is. Yeah. There, well, yeah. I don't think she. I it feels I think like that. It doesn't she, feel like she, she alludes, was rejected. It feels she like she is the one in the who book, rejected him. She alludes in the book that her exile wasn't the exile wasn't of her own volition. She was exiled well, yeah. against. It wasn't her decision. Yes. To leave. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it starts off uh, with a. It starts off with like a mermaid uh, mm-hmm. pulling itself, beaching itself essentially, and we go from there. But it's just this. It's just this wonderful building up of like you know, you know how the mermaid and the prince are connected, 
and there's another murder victim that's connected to that. And it just, it, the artwork is just fun. You have like, you know, minotaurs and, and yeah, centaurs and elves. Is it, is, it is a wonderful little uh, piece of storytelling, honestly. That- no, I, I agree with you. I just couldn't get into it. My notes, this plays out like a police procedural in a fantasy world. Great idea. Yes. Awesome concept. But yeah, I just I just couldn't find myself, you know, to get into it. I but, am yeah, I great am book. Dude, it's getting rave reviews, man. It Everybody's is, loving it this. Was me, the I best guess. thing I read this week. As often is the case. It the is, problem it really is yours. Uh really surprising. Uh Dave, are you reading Dark Ride? Dark Ride, isn't that the uh the that's the um that's the, the one with the like the carnival, right? The yeah, evil the Disneyland. evil amusement. Park. Oh, I thought it was yeah. the one with like the truckers. I'm probably thinking about I, uh, that other I thing. I actually missed the book. I actually missed the latest issue. See, I thought that was going to be your number one, and I, I mean, honestly, I would have bet a million fucking dollars that X Men number eighteen was going to be Taylor's number one this week. X Men number eighteen was fine. I couldn't believe it. I I had a lot of feels on there between the exterminators tie-ins, the awesome love. I like the exterminators tie-in. Like it was cool to see their conversation. I guess it just I enjoyed it, but it didn't like hit the way that I wanted it to hit. I guess I don't know. Maybe that's a maybe that's a me problem. The same way that like you not enjoying Black Cloak is a you problem. It was a big build up to the Sink Laura reunion, and yeah, it did fall a bit flat. It did. It did. But, oh, man, I thought for sure. Anyway, yeah, a lot of good books this week. Uh, more books are coming out next week. We're going to talk about those tomorrow night. Come back. Join us. Taylor and I will be here to talk about every new comic book. Not all, everyone, but almost all of the new comic books coming out this week. Please come back. Uh, we also want you to come back and hang out with the comic book bullies. They're going to be doing a show uh, later on tonight on most of these channels. Um, but if you want more specifics, Go to OutrightGeekGear.com. We got links to everything they've got going on. Leroy and Eli do this awesome pop culture show. One of my favorite shows on the web. Uh, Last week's episode was great. It was fantastic. Yeah. I want to I want to see the burger, the cheeseburger. Right, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> I want to see him eat the cheeseburger. If you know, <laughs> you know. I mean, Leroy acts like eating a cheeseburger is such a fucking hard thing to do. Well, I think. I do if that all the in the time. episode. In the episode, they I mean, talk, it, like was, a it was a poll. They, it was a poll, and I think like Leroy Eli, and Eli won the poll. had a poll to and whose top ten movies of the year were who had the better list. Yes, and, and yes, Eli Leroy voted bought. for Leroy in order to make Leroy win. Exactly, it was tied. <laughs> and yeah. now, and now it's either Leroy has to eat a cheeseburger or Leroy has to eat a Mexican pizza. Yeah, I would either one. I eat those all the time. Anyway, <laughs> definitely come back, check them out. They're a whole lot of fun. Um, go to the group. We have a group on Facebook that Andrew is in charge of. It's awesome. Go to Facebook, search Outright Geekery. Go to the group, join up there. Andy's always having a good time talking all kind of shit. He did all doing music re- or music, no movie reviews. Um, yeah, Andy, that's this guy. But yeah, he's doing all kinds of fun reviews and shit up there. It's just a grand old time. Uh, definitely come and check that out again thanks everybody for listening most of all thanks to these guys for hanging out with this guy don't bust this one out (laughs) 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 we're gonna do it again next time same geek time same geek channel man i heard he's gonna all gonna be driving cars
I'm glad that David recovered so fast from like his bookie coming in and just beating 